Hey, Nora. Hey, Sandy. Ooh, what a week. Yeah, things uh, things are really rough this past week, uh, and I, particularly in the United States. I have to say that it does feel a little bit like watching something happening rather than feeling like it's happening in the same way because I can't even keep up with all the news. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, I, you know, I, I just, I don't know that I have real words to say. Uh, and it's, it's weird to keep running out of words over like this thing that just keeps to be, that seems to keep repeating itself over and over and over again. And I realize as I'm saying this, that I could be talking about so many different things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, maybe you should say what you're talking about. Well, people should just assume that I'm referring to all of it, but I mean, uh, the, the, the murder of Jordan Neely um, is certainly uh, top of mind. It is just um, like there, there's something that just feels like so depraved about a situation that so many people could have stopped and it, nobody did. And, and that is just very, very confusing. And then the, the follow-up of, oh, it seems like nothing is going to happen as a result of this. Like, we know exactly who did it. And then the the follow-up to that of how many people are, are trying to justify um, what this Daniel Penny, former Marine, who held um, unha- this unhoused black man, Jordan Neely, if you haven't heard of the situation, on a New York subway train in a chokehold until he died. Um the follow-up of people trying to justify it, the way that that uh, journalists all over uh, described the the situation, uh, many headlines having said um, a homeless man dies after being placed in a chokehold or something like that, like it, it being reported in in such a passive tone that it it it, it suggests that he just died, and um, in some headlines, not even reporting this chokehold. It just all of it, all of it, all of it, feeling just so. It's just so bizarre to to have this happen over and over and over again and um, not knowing what to do with one's feelings around that. All of the um, the uh, mass shootings that happened this week as well. Um, the continuation of stories that you might hear about uh, people who, who need abortions and what they go through to try to get. It's just it's been just such a fucking tragic week. Yeah. Yeah, it really has been. And, um, you know, when I when I said that it's hard to even keep track of some of the stuff I find with the mass shootings in particular, all I'm seeing because it's on Twitter is it's like they're told through Twitter kind of um, lenses or or filters. So seeing more about people trying to protect other people from seeing video uh, videos that happened. Uh, during these attacks, so obviously the video of Jordan Neely being killed, the video of children being shot and killed in, I'm not even sure where, I don't i don't even know what state, you know, in malls or whatever across the United States. Texas, Atlanta, like you could, you could just pick. Right, right. At this point. Yeah, and it's like, you know, obviously the United States is a, is a, is a country in decline, but 
you know, to see the the war that the imperial nation waged around the world come home in such a horrifying way and in a direct way. I mean, someone who's a literal Marine killing someone in front of everybody on the subway. I mean, it's just it's so inexplicable. It's so horrifying. And I and I agree with you like this, 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 the fact that no one jumped like no one even tried to plead with him to stop like they're like I, I don't know if someone could have stopped it I would imagine someone probably could have stopped it but even to say stop what are you doing stop he's 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 you know, hurting him like god like I I get that people have been numbed by the pandemic but I I, I guess seeing it on on camera is a whole other level I just hope, you know, like I, I don't know, Nora, like you and I, um, you know, we, we come up into our activism in a particular time and a particular place, but, and perhaps that governs, um, how we respond to situations. But I hope for, for folks who are listening, if you do see situations like that, like I, I, you know, living in LA, I'm constantly driving past like the cops having stopped people and, it is part of my practice to just to stop the car, get out and like observe and make sure that I'm there and to interrupt if I need to. I I just hope if you're listening and if you do see things like that in your world, that you don't feel completely helpless and that you know that you aren't completely helpless. I think that there is at times, you know, like there's this this societal pressure to just do what everybody else is doing. And it's important to, um, to try to get into the habit of really asking yourself why you're doing a thing or why you're not doing a thing and to, to do what you know is right after asking yourself those, yourself, those, those really important questions. And so, if you ever find yourself in those situations, if you ever see something um, that looks off to you that you're concerned about, just know that you don't have to do the thing that society expects you to do, which is to just mind your own business and go on your merry way. You can exemplify what it is like to be a part of a community, to be a part of the space that you're living in, and to be a part of the the society um, that runs in part because of your contributions to it. And to to stop, ask yourself some questions. And then if if it if if you have the capacity to do so, if you can remain safe while doing so, and you know, even if you can't and if and that's a, a decision that you make you can make the decision to break rank and 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 do something about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's not like you're saving the day necessarily. You don't have to have necessarily the skills to, to do something in particular, but do something. You know, I saw um, last week that in Toronto, um, someone I'm related to witnessed someone fall onto the subway tracks. And it was nice to hear that people rushed to save this individual. And they did. And I mean, it's a good reminder that you know, safety guards are something that are probably pretty necessary in the Toronto subway system. But, you know, being present and and having that responsibility as a fellow citizen is really, 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 really important. And even if, again, you don't know what you're going to do, you don't know what to do, you just do something, do something, intervene, ask a question, yell, <laughs> scream, do something. And I, and I think that that's a really good example, like, and always watch, be, be aware and, and especially in a situation where there's a power dynamic, always pay attention to the person with less power in that situation. And if they tell you to fuck off and everything's good, then that's fine. Like that might that might happen too. That probably will happen in some situations. But 
you know, be aware and be engaged. The other like really tragic thing that's happening this week is uh, now a state of emergency in Alberta. Yes. Have you been following these wildfires? I have. I've mentioned a couple of them on the Daily News. So there's wildfires across Alberta. There are also some burning in British Columbia and northwestern Saskatchewan. And it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, the heat as well is not helping. The dryness is not helping. And it's like another welcome to wildfire season. And I I mean, the fact that it's coinciding with this election that I, I know that no one feels good about is kind of apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fucking terrible. And I just, you know, if we have any listeners who are affected, like, oh, my God, uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, this is just like, fuck it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Again, like I, I'm like kind of out of words for all of the things that are happening. And I just, this is also the climate crisis and it has to be discussed in those terms. And, um, fuck. Yeah. And you know, all of these things as important as they are, um, we're still going to talk about something as frivolous as the monarchy today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are. But before we get there, um, I do want to say a little something about last week's episode. Um, We had a lot of engagement on it. So uh, thank you for all of the feedback. I have noticed that there is some discussion on Twitter, uh, probably from people who didn't listen to the episode, I'm assuming. But I just want to be like super clear about what Nora and I were talking about when we were talking about safety and the difference between being safe and feeling safe. Some people have interpreted that um, that distinction as us critiquing the idea of, um, you know, a creation of safe spaces or the creation of safety where people can, um, you know, be feel safe in their identity, um, uh, and have interpreted that interpreted that as us saying that or us suggesting that that's not real safety, that is not what we were talking about. That it's, it's, that's a, an, another type of safety that is absolutely real. But what we were talking about, um, I think is pretty clear from the episode if you were to listen to it. So um, just in case um, you were perhaps seeing some of that commentary and you haven't uh, watched, listened to the episode as yet, I just want to make clear of the, you know, what we were talking about was not trying to suggest that uh, like the safety that people um, try to create in terms of spaces for people to, to live out who they are. That is a real form of safety. That's right. Yeah. Also, we've got a couple of announcements to make and some gratitude to give out. And then we'll explain why the hell we're spending any time talking about the monarchy. (laughs) So you will remember last week, we said we would be in Montreal and we will be in Montreal. Uh, I have the pleasure of being there, I think, 300% longer than Sandy, if my math is correct. (laughs) But Tuesday night, we want to invite you out and hang out. Tuesday night, we've picked the worst location. So you're going to have to come and shut up about how bad the location is. We're going to be at La Cage, La Cage au Spa, which is by the Bell Center. So don't go to another cage. Um... It's cage, if you're wondering what I'm actually saying right now, the word's cage. We just needed a place that would be big enough and that we didn't have to have a reservation and that would be central enough and close enough to the to the convention that it'll work. So we'll be at La Cage. Uh, Sandy, what time are we going to be there? <laughs> um, wow, you're making me do this? I mean, no. Okay, Look. We'll be there at nine. I'll be there at nine. I, Me, personally, this is Nora talking. I'll be there at nine. 
and I'm going to do my best <laughs> to, to be there <laughs> as soon as I can. Um, currently, my the way that my flight situation is working, I will probably not be there at nine, but I'm going to do my best to see if I can get there for nine. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is Sandy who was like, oh my God, we have to invite people over, like hang out. It's me amazing Tuesday night. Yes. And then like, because she's on Pacific time, she's like, oh nine, that's like six. That's perfect. (laughs) 10, it's like seven. No problem. (laughs) So Sorry if that's too late for you, uh, but this is just a, a little thing, and we're going to hopefully have a little bit of fun. And so that is this Tuesday. That's tonight. That's freaking tonight because the episodes are released on oh Tuesday. Oh, my God. <laughs> so tonight at 9 o'clock, yep, I'll be there. And Sandy's, like, literally on a plane right now being like, I'm going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> that's entirely true. Um, yes. So see you on Tuesday if you're able to make it. Uh, and I'm sure we have some people to thank also. We have a couple of people to thank. Yes. So thank you so much. Uh, As Sandy said, for the engagement last week, that was amazing. It was really cool to see people talking about the episode. And, um, you know, if you got engagement for us this week, that'd be great too. (laughs) Whatever. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation about the king, our new king, our new glorious king. Um, But this week, thank you so much to Nat LWJS3. Thank you for that name. And Mireille, thank you so much to you three and to everybody that donates to us every week and whose names we don't always say. Of course, you want to change your donation up five cents, down five cents to get a shout out on the pod. Just do that and we'll be we'll be we'll shut you out. (laughs) Now, um, just a couple more announcements before we get to the fucking monarchy. Okay, so Nora. Oh, um, guess the fuck what? I, I don't, I don't know. Did you just change your flight in that little uh, 30 second interlude? Uh, no, shut up about the flight. <laughs> we have had, since we joined the ACAST network, which was about two years ago. Yeah. Over a million downloads. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my God. 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 And it's so funny because we hit that landmark a while ago because of course we have only been on ACAST for two of the six years that Sandy and Nora have been on the air. But, um, but that's amazing. A million downloads in two years. Like, um, were you surprised when we got that little note? I kind of was. I was like, what? Okay, let's go. I'm into it. A million downloads. Thank you all so much for um, for listening to us rant all the time, <laughs> every week, and for supporting the the daily news episodes um, and just supporting supporting this podcast and for supporting us. It uh, is a labor of love. It's fun to do, and we're really glad that you join you join us every week. We love it. We're so glad. And then folks will know that, of course, I'm taking this week off from the daily news. If you feel like you're missing something in your soul, let me know. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. But um, but hopefully uh, you'll get enough Sandy Nora from today's episode. But we do have a bit of an, a vacation to announce for the next couple of weeks of this podcast. Yeah. So you'll hear back from us when, when we're coming back. Um, uh, it won't be very long, uh, but we're just going to take a little, you know, uh, a little beginning of summer break yeah let's just say that sandy's doing something unbelievably cool and can't tell you so that's cool <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the daily news will be back so uh you'll get your daily uh, 10 minute dose of news every day and no sandy and nora until we'll be back in a couple weeks we'll let you know when so keep watching i don't know we'll announce it in a bunch of places i'll definitely announce it on the daily news if you're super curious but if you subscribe to the pod you'll find out you'll find out when we're back because it'll be obvious <laughs> Okay, so now we, we've come to it. Okay. We've come to it. And I just want to say um, 
my my people, I'm quite proud of them, <laughs> the Jamaicans out there. The prime minister of Jamaica did not go to the coronation ceremony. It was like, nah. <laughs> and not only that, uh, Jamaica started having even more discussions about um, uh, uh, making a decision to leave the monarchy. So I'm I'm feeling really great about my people's. That's nice. I mean, I, I got to shout out the Quebec National Assembly, who also passed in a unanimous motion calling on Canada to send zero people to the coronation. <laughs> we love it. I love that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I so so Quebec, Jamaica, where's Canada at in this? <laughs> oh, Canada's like got fucking Charles's like boot down to the fucking sternum inside of their mouths. <laughs> That's where Canada's at. Ew, gross. <laughs> I hate that. Thanks. 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 <laughs> okay. So why, how can we have started this episode with some incredibly important and heavy news and pivot to something so frivolous and ridiculous and then claim to you all that, that we're, that we're serious people. I think that it is so necessary for us to take this moment to talk about the monarchy because as much as they're a complete joke and obviously they are, and as much as like, um, you know, Queen Elizabeth, who's like, everyone loved her and was like married to her cousin and and they had the same great grandmother and they're related to like the Russian king and queen that got killed by the people. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of cool, I guess, about them. But this is the first time in, in more than 70 years that there's been a coronation. And so it is an important moment for us to pause and say... Why the, why the fuck do we still have the monarchy? And what what do they even exist for in Canada? And do we need them anymore? And why? I mean, this is the most important question. Why are our politicians so absolutely dead set against even considering moving away from the British royal family? Yeah, like I that <laughs> that part I really don't understand <laughs> because it's it's actually like people have done polls, right? Like everybody knows, like it's actually unpopular. <laughs> like nobody nobody supports this shit. Like of course there's a few weirdo, you know, fucking Canadians who are just like, yeah, <laughs> I guess about this whole thing. But it it's pretty popular to want to move away from it. So it's like so bizarre um, that uh, the politicians with all the power that they have are like are so uh, committed to this relationship with this like uh, really old, ugly, uh, nothing good about it. Uh, institution. And then you realize that, oh, wait, there's tons of shit in Canada that's super popular that the, the, these powers, the powers that be don't support uh, because they are like so enamored with, you know, pick your poison, mm. uh, imperialism, white supremacy, you know, the patriarchy, whatever. So, yeah, then it all makes sense, you know? Oh, uh, yes, it makes it makes sense for that. I think that I think that this is a, such an important conversation because it. As much as Canada has moved away legally from the British crown controlling things, right, we've repatriated our constitution and went through constitutional crises throughout the 1980s. And there's still some people alive who have scars from that era. But we we are incapable in this country. And when I say we, I don't mean us, actually. I don't mean you listening. I don't mean average people. But anyone in power is incapable of having an adult conversation about Canada and an adult conversation about the fact that Canada is like we say it's on stolen land like that's like lit <laughs> it's literal right like that means something Canada is on stolen land very very literally 
when we're talking about the British crown and the dominion over Canada that they that they had and the claim that they laid to Canada thanks to John Cabot. It's not even his real fucking name because <laughs> he's an Italian. He wasn't John Cabot. But anyway, we call him John Cabot because he claimed Canada for uh, Britain in the 1500s. He landed in Newfoundland and was like, this is Britain. And um, and then that was it. And at the exact same time, you know, you also had France do the same thing. And France was driven by the Roman Catholic Church and something called the Doctrine of Discovery, which has been repudiated by Pope Francis. And so all of a sudden, like, what is the legal basis for which Canada exists? Well, I mean, the Doctrine of Discovery is like now repudiated by the by the Pope. And so no longer is there anyone out there saying that God himself wanted Canada to be in the hands of, um, you know, British and French colonialists, which is literally what people would have said for many, many years. Colonialists would have said. But we still have the British crown and the crown is woven throughout a ton of very important um, parts of the constitution and especially the relationship between indigenous people who never, well, who signed treaties specifically with the crown, with the British government, the monarchy. And that's why we have so many, we have crown lands, we have crown is the the side of the crown in treaties and crown responsibilities. And it's interesting because it's like that to assume all of that in Canada kind of has to like then undo the fact that there was never anything beyond the colonial dominion announcement of the Brits to create Canada because the Canadian ruling class is still just the descendants of the people who were first colonizing this place. And I think that that puts us into a very sticky spot when we're talking about how the hell do we move forward in this situation? Well, yeah, I think, I mean, the, 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 the strong commitment to, to this weird institution is clearly to, um, to make sure that there is no, no justification for turning this whole thing on its head, right? Like it, there's, that there remains, um, some sort of, of fealty to the thing that, that gives this place order in, in the order that it has given it, which is, which is pretty ugly. Um, and, you know, I've just, I've seen, a lot of in the last week, first of all, oh my God, <laughs> all the journalism around the coronation, like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like, are we trying to oh, out- yeah. do Britain? Like, I don't know. I don't understand. It's just fucking everywhere. It is really, really overkill. And it, it just, it, it makes everything else around, um, Different institutions and organizations, uh, commitment to, to uh, or stated commitments to, to decolonization, um, just feel really, really hollow when um, this mm-hmm. this very bizarre event that you know was protested, you know, like um, heavily protested, heavily policed um, in the United Kingdom itself. Like it just, it makes so much of it feel very hollow when you see, um, here so far away where so many people don't support it. Um, again, these other powerful institutions like the media, which has been used to uphold, um, uh, the, the colonial system as it exists in Canada, um, continue their role. Um, even though they would have us believe, uh, that they, uh, are, are, are different. Yeah. Yeah, they're different. Charles is really different. Oh, I don't mean them are they are different. I mean 
that the media is playing a different role than it has in in their existence in Canada. They would have us believe that they are different, but they're but they're not. You know, like the the way that um, Canada's mainstream media organizations like fell over themselves to try to beat how many stories each of them could possibly have on the on the, the coronation is just, uh, God. It's so pathetic. It's so pathetic. Saturday morning, I woke up and I get Toronto Star breaking news alerts to my email. And I think there were four by the time I woke up. And it was like, breaking news. Charles and Camilla have been seen in their in their car. Breaking news. Charles is walking in Westminster Abbey. And I'm like, sorry, what? None of this is breaking news. I mean, the coronation is by definition not breaking news. Had he? Yeah, I mean, he's been king for a while, you know. Like, it, we all, it's just, it's just the party, you guys. It's that. <laughs> like, it's invitations were sent out. People made plans to get there. Nothing about this is breaking. But it's like breaking news. It's fucking Victoria Day long weekend. Breaking news. Like there were invitations for this, like going back months. Like breaking news: the Queen's dead. Has been dead now for mm, six months. Like, it, it's very, very pathetic. And. You know, I was on CBC actually this morning um, on this panel where they get, I know, where they get average people to talk about what they think about stuff. It's the only way that I can really get on CBC and do analysis because, of course, they won't let me do actual analysis as a journalist. But it's like awesome. It's great that I love, I'm, you know, it's great. And, of course, none of us of the three panelists had anything good to say about the monarchy, right? It's just like, yeah, when you're, when you're surveying average people, that's what you're going to get because no normal person cares about this. But it it just it's it's so enshrined into how loyal our our leadership is to the status quo that it's like you know i i literally make the point that this would be a complicated thing to get rid of the monarchy because you have to figure out how the the role of the crown will be fully fulfilled by the federal government and blah 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 and constitutional crises and whatever and then they played this clip of Justin Trudeau being like well i don't i don't think with the affordability crisis and blah 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 and blah 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 that canadians are interested in a constitutional crisis and it's like this is this is just a boring script that that the government has been able to use over and over and over again since really since like the the last time we actually had a constitutional crisis which was 1995 that was a long fucking time ago and between like 1980 and 1995 that was 15 years of very intense constitutional negotiations and discussions and the repatriation of the constitution and the creation of the charter and then the fighting over the language in the charter and then you had Meech Lake and then you had the Charlottetown Accord and then you had the, the 95 referendum and I mean, if you're listening to this and you're like, what are any of these things? Oh, my God, bless you. That's so cute. Um, but of course, you know, I'm sure everybody knows, but all Meech Lake, right? Meech Lake was really important. But it just seems like, you know, everything after 1995 was like, great, it's settled. And this is Canada the way it will always be. And so let's never, ever, ever talk about the Constitution again. At the same time, you've got the powers under the under the British North America Act given to the provinces, downloaded through austerity cuts at the federal level and then more austerity at the provincial level and things are getting worse and worse and worse. And the Constitution becomes the explanation for why we can't actually do anything in this in this country that makes any sense. And so I get that there's an allergy to, uh, to talking about constitutional matters. But as you say, if we're talking about reconciliation, reconciliation cannot happen in this country until we reckon with that. And it certainly cannot happen when Canada has guns pointed at land defenders who are defending land that was never subject to a treaty, that is literally not owned, is not the property of Canada, 
<laughs> except that Canada enforces its domain through weapons. And, you know, you're not going to hear an analysis like that on the CBC, even if um, a couple of us get to, to talk on a random Sunday morning about the king and his um, crown. <laughs> here, fucking here. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that in so many of the states around the world that are members of the Commonwealth or that are recent um, uh, states who have left the Commonwealth, uh, in those places where where colonized people now control uh, the the government, yes. those are the places where people are 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 leaving. <laughs> That's where they're leaving, and so it really does say something about Canada. And, um, you know, whatever fucking rhetoric has been spilled about nation to nation relationships, it really does say something about the uh, continuing process of uh, colonization and the continuing violence of colonization and the control of colonization that even though we know that this the settler population in Canada is no longer supportive of the monarchy, that it is not even permitted to be a discussion. Now, I've seen some um, really interesting uh, news articles uh, in the last week, um, some way less interesting than others, actually. <laughs> Most of them not very interesting. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing too much by calling them interesting. But um, I, I think it's I always think it's really hilarious when um, when talking about the monarchy, there's this there's this idea that we need to talk about anything political that's happening and discuss how the monarchs feel about it. Like there's been these these reports that, oh, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau says the king is very aligned with Canadian priorities. It's like, what the fuck? Who cares? <laughs> I saw what that. The fuck? Saw that. Who gives a shit that the governor general thinks that he's going to be a good king? And of course, that's, you know, like that's uh, I mean, as as like a good king for who? For what? To what? For whom? Um, and what the fuck, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a good King to, to just sit around and do nothing? And then there's been all of the news around the monarchs, the monarchy's interest in like investigating its ties to, uh, to the slave trade. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Like investigating its ties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You, like, it's ta not clear. talking about it like it's, not, it's, it's arm's clear. length. Like, come on. Like, I mean, as, fuck. Like, as journalists, at least don't use the same sort of like um, line that they're using, investigating their ties. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god! Like, how can anything be more ludicrous? <laughs> like. To, to frame it in that way. Like, Nora, do, do you think that they had ties? We better do a huge research project to figure this out. Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, they're obviously the best people to do it. Really glad. Uh, no one else has, I'm sure, at this point, done any looking into this. So really glad that that's, <laughs> that's what's happening. That was such a weird article. I guess article. that makes him a good king. <laughs> I, 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 I saw that as well, and it was like, CBC is Columbusing fucking the slave trade. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> come 
come the fuck on. Yeah. And also, I mean, like, are you assuming that the general population has no idea that under a mercantile system where the king was like supreme, like that they wouldn't be very much directly involved in the shit that happened back then? Like, what they think that they set up like unnumbered Canadian corporations and a bunch of people with no names did this shady stuff. It's like, no, they were really open about this back then. (laughs) No, Nora, the monarchy had no idea when they were fucking taking over all of those lands all over the world and creating this thing that they now call the common wealth, that any of the stuff, all the, the presents that were being brought to them were being brought to them by people who, uh, were, like working for free like no no they just thought they were gifts from the locals who loved them because they were the monarchs ordained by god you know (laughs) wow that is so that is so silly and you know what i never even put together that commonwealth is like literally common and wealth two words together like (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, you know, when we were debating before starting this episode on whether or not we would even talk about this, because my God, it is so silly and so ridiculous. It is pretty incredible that this is the first coronation in more than 70 years that Elizabeth lived so long to the chagrin probably of Charles, who's now like too curmudgeonly to actually be a king. Oh my God, Justin Trudeau was like, I, I look forward to many years and years and years of King Charles's reign. It's like, guy, he's going to die soon. Okay. Like, come on. What are you fucking talking about? But Holy it's, bruh. you know, it, 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 it is really something to interrogate that like, why are we so pathetic? Like wh- I, I, if I was going to place money on when Canada would ditch the monarchy, I would literally put money on never, like it's never going to happen because the can of worms is so, big (laughs) that gets opened up that no governing part no natural governing party the conservatives the liberals are going to want to touch it because they're both very conservative parties they're both parties that believe in tradition that believe in in these things and it's um impossible to imagine them actually wanting to do it and then on the outside i mean the ndp is just as pathetic as well like i'm not i don't think i saw any of them making guillotine jokes or anything this past week and they probably were like um you know we will work with the monarchy like whatever whatever the fuck the ndp always says about this stuff and and so, like, the only hope is, is I don't even know, like, some massive break with the status quo in English Canada. I mean, in French Canada, it's always going to be the status quo. It'd be like, fuck the queen. And everyone I talked to in the last um, couple of days about this, like, it was just a joke. It was a complete joke, and everyone's making jokes about it, and we're all laughing. But but it isn't a joke. I mean, it's still, it, as you say, like, it is the biggest ex- – oh, maybe you didn't say it's the biggest example. It is the biggest example of how how colonization in this country – has not ended because they are still in power. The colonizers are still in power. And no amount of tinkering around the edges with the formula is going to change that. And so the only way that it's going to happen in this country is if there is mass movements that understand that connection between uh, terra nullius and the doctrine of, dis- of discovery and declaring dominion over this nation and all of the horrifying colonialism and horrifying genocide and horrifying actions that went into that. And we, I mean, we can, we're not even, we're not there. Like, sure, we've had the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that's laid it all very, very cleanly and plainly. We've had, of course, the investigation into murder, missing Indigenous women, which very similarly did the same thing. And still you'll have people that deny that there is even genocide in this country. I mean, we are truly fucked. 
<laughs> Canadians, we, my fellow Canadians, we are truly fucked up. White, I'm going to say white Canadians. We are very fucked up people. Yeah, uh, agreed. <laughs> Co-signing that. <laughs> uh, and I think that like what, what, you know, I saw a, a CBC article that discussed whether or not um, the uh, the monarchy would be open to discussions of uh, reparations to the Caribbean. And oh, yeah. And I just, you know, like even that, like the the framing of that of that sort of discussion um, as arm's length from uh, a CBC report is is weird. Like that actually could be uh, a, a role that Canada could play <laughs> if if we were willing to have that sort of discussion of uh, you know getting rid of uh, the 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 monarchy and our ties to the monarchy would be a discussion about reparations that the monarchy does owe to um, indigenous people in Canada as well, in addition to the reparations that Canada itself owes. Plus, you know, like I I really struggle with reparations discussions that are like uh, tied to the nations as they exist today. Like it's like super convenient that, you know, like Canada is Canada, the U.S. is the U.S. and the Caribbean countries are the Caribbean countries. Whereas at the times that all of these things were happening, everything was much more fluid and everybody was, um, there were the, the exploiters were benefiting off one another and, uh, were benefiting from, uh, exploiting people en masse. And it, it wasn't quite so, uh, separated. And I do believe that, uh, reparations discussions should be, uh, discussions that are held uh, in a manner that that reflects um, how people were exploited, which means that um, uh, the monarchy and the United Kingdom owes a great lot to people, not just in the Caribbean, but in Canada, in the United States, and in places all over the world as well. Uh, and that should be a part of the discussions that we are having. And we shouldn't be having those discussions as, oh, look at those people over there. Will, will that monarchy over there, um, which is how we discuss it when it's convenient for us to discuss it that way, will that monarchy over there, not the monarchy that we're all a part of, but that monarchy over there, um, make good on on the, the bad things that they did in the past to those people over there uh, when when the discussion is far closer to home and should uh, be acknowledged as such mm. yeah and it, you know there's this is this is where where the the general illiteracy of history and the general illiteracy of uh, sociology <laughs> of how society has grown to evolve in the way that it has is is such a huge problem because it's like we assume that things have always been the way that they are and we have no concept of history before like 2010 and you know look at something like the housing affordability crisis and uh, places all across Canada that pol politicians want to build, right? So one of the big fights, of course, is Doug Ford and the Greenbelt. And the Greenbelt is an area that goes around the, the greater Toronto area that has got very fertile land or whatever. But like, if you read into how land was given out and how the treaties were so quickly ignored by people in power, it's pretty amazing. Like Southern Ontario, which is arguably the, the I mean, aside from the boom and bust cycles of the tar sands, but so Southern Ontario is like the economic engine of Canada. It's very expensive. It creates, you know, there's a lot of manufacturing or there was and whatever. All of that land was just parceled up and like handed out to colonial 
people, like to the people connected to colonial governments. And then they then sold it down to whoever probably worked the land later on. But if you look at throughout the 19, the 1800s and how these pieces of land were parceled up and packaged out and, and, and given in patronage thank yous to the brothers and the uncles and the cousins of the people who were in power, all to serve a colony. Like none of these people had nation building aspirations in, in, in the way that like existed certainly in the United States. If you look at like the rebellions of 1837, like it's pretty amazing to see how they were, they were all cut from the same cloth. Like it wasn't exactly radical stuff in Ontario, but they were still fighting against this corruption, this patronage that ends up becoming so embedded in the Canadian system that we barely even see it. And we certainly don't talk about it anymore. So here we are today. We've got someone like Doug Ford, who's empowered by money that is being made off of the purchasing and selling and purchasing and selling and purchasing and selling of this land, land that do they, can you go back to ever it, it ever being fairly stolen, <laughs> fairly bought, fairly given by, by the people who had lived there and here for time immemorial? Probably not. And that has just created the current crisis that we're in, in terms of how expensive it is to live in this province, in this country and wherever you are. Um, and, and so, I mean, it's complicated if you start to go through those different kinds of layers, but it also isn't complicated at all. And it all flows from the same colonial logic that we have still not broken with and are certainly not in a position to talk about breaking with because we're still so enamored and in love with our monarchy. And instead of breaking with it, you get someone like Justin Trudeau. Who's like, well, we'll appoint an Inuk woman for this position and Mary Simon will be uh, a symbol of reconciliation because look how far we've come. And it's like, you know, she's great and that she's a great appointment and that's fine. But it's like, whoa, 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 like, like what's under the carpet here? Holy shit. There's so much death and destruction and bad shit that's under this carpet. Can we deal with that? Can we deal with this? No, of course not. Because Everything is about appearances in Canada and the old politics that form the foundation of everything of how our provinces and how the country came to be. They're all still there. They're all still very much present, even if we refuse to talk about them or acknowledge them or understand how they play in the present day. Here, here again. Um, did you did you see the the weird uh, interview that Princess Anne did with uh, Adrian Arsenault? <laughs> I did not. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> no, no. I, I was I was hoping you were going to say Prince Andrew because that's another guy that's been kind of absent in the Canadian coverage um, oh, in all of this. How nice are we uh, to do that for for the the pedophile? Um, but no, uh, Adrian Arsenault has this conversation with Princess Anne where. Um, she's like, hey, so heard the monarchy is interested in looking into s- the ties to slavery. Like, cool, like, say more. And Princess Anne's like, uh, sh- did, did we say that? That's probably some media no. spin. <laughs> Yeah. She's like, that's that's probably some media spin. And like, we should really be careful about um, how we how we think about history, like the, the, the modern context, the contemporary context is very different than the historical context and blah, 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 blah. Uh, basically sure. to say that, you know, like history is history in, in the past. And it's been so long, which, you know, is hilarious coming from a princess. <laughs> like, 
like the only reason for your existence is like some like bizarre fixation on a moment in history. Okay, so like, whoa, but it, it's like so, so telling. Um, and and, you know, of course, Adrian Arsenault doesn't really push her to to talk about that or or, you know, snatch this what could have been a very embarrassing uh, interview, like snatch that moment to do that. Mm. Uh, because of course everything has to be celebratory. Right. Um, and she was like clearly trying to give her a moment to be like, wow, yeah, the monarchy has changed. We're all different. Um, don't forget about all of the, the racist stuff you've heard about us in the last few years. Like, cause that's clearly what this whole, the monarchy is investigating themselves <laughs> thing is about. Um, but it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty funny, um, pathetic, uh, moment uh, that is also really telling about how how bullshit um, this entire thing is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like you know, th- that's that's just such a great example of how media launders the image of these people, and and they and they need it. They need to have their images laundered because they're reprehensible. Uh, they're like if you lay out the sins of the of the royal family, they are uh, completely not defensible and any average person would look at it and be like this is gross and you know and that's where where you know i remember you talking about when elizabeth died this whole idea of celebrity related to the royal family and i think that that really mm-hmm. helps them because when we're talking about the royal family as celebrity like how is charles going to be different than elizabeth what were they wearing um is is camilla going to be the queen consort or the princess and all of these kinds of things that's all aesthetic and it's 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 like it's it's celebrity and and that that's you know we can talk about that but when that takes the place of the fundamental issues at play uh well and then then they're then we're laundering their um their role in the world we're laundering their role in canada we're laundering the the colonization that is continuing to happen and and this is the thing too you know like as as I've been doing the daily news and having to read stories that I'm seeing uh, regularly and stories, of course, that people are experiencing directly regularly, the colonial violence in this country is so apparent. And it's apparent It's apparent if you go into different communities. It's apparent if you're, you know, obviously if you're Indigenous. But for white Canada especially, the work that is done to marginalize that, to hide it, to make it uh, make it uh, exceptional, or this is not this you know oh my god it's such a sad story, but this is not necessarily every it's not happening all the time. It's it's so insidious, and it is connected directly to the fact that Canada refuses to interrogate and to atone, frankly, for all of the shit that's going on and. It's it's very tiresome to hear Mark Miller or Justin Trudeau constantly pretending that things are fine. While, you know, I was when I was writing the story about the 60 Scoop survivors, I'm getting statements from Mark Miller's office explaining to me how great the 60 Scoop survivor settlement is while I'm literally getting survivors calling me being like, I'm desperate to know what's going on, what's going on. I haven't got my money. This is so unjust. This is how my life was destroyed by the state. And they're not even... And it's like, God, like the distance between people in power and people who are who are impacted directly by colonial violence is is enormous. And this is where I start to despair. It's like, God, what is it going to take? Like, how do we organize to knock some of these people down? And that I mean, that should be the goal. And 
you know, I just, I just wish there were more, um, more news organizations in this country that had the, the capacity to, to have these conversations in the way that they, they need to be had. Because, you know, like, I don't care how, how far Prince Harry was sitting from the front. Um, but I, but I certainly do care about, uh, you know, what we are going to do, um, to, to make right what uh, has been so wrong forever about any relationship that anyone has to these people and their fancy hats. I mean, they're not that fancy. <laughs> they're not. I don't know. I didn't watch it. 